It's fairly evident that the gap between the rich and the poor keeps widening. And I think with everything happening in the economy right now, moving forward, I think this gap is going to become wider and wider. So it's important to understand why the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer, but more so what we can do about it. So in this conversation, what I want to focus on is how we get from the poor mindset or the traditional sway of thinking and how we can adapt and optimize to become more positive and adapt some of those elements that the rich mindset have that allows them to keep getting richer. And does it come down to more than just investing? If you're interested, let's find out. Hey guys, my name's Ravi Sharma and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. In today's podcast, conversation, video, podcast, whatever you like, whether it's on the audio format or watching my face on YouTube, I release these episodes a week before on the YouTube channel. And so if you're interested to watch it as they drop, then definitely join me on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. And if you're wanting to consume this on the go, but a week later, then you can definitely subscribe on whatever podcast player you listen to me on. In today, the most defining characteristic between the two groups of the rich and the poor is mindset. And yes, you know, there's multiple videos on YouTube. A lot of people talk about it, you know, passive investing and, you know, just invest your money and you'll be all right. I want to break down three core pillars that I know for myself has really shifted the way I look at investing, the way that I look at working, and the way that I go about life in general. Now, it doesn't just mean, you know, the rich mindset is, you know, the rich making more money. I think it's more than that. I think it's putting out a positive attitude and energy into the universe that allows you to have more quality people around you. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you sort of know There's people in your life that have come and gone or maybe they're still there that haven't been very productive in your life in creating new ideas, thoughtful conversations and intellectual conversations. And so, you know, you either are at a crossroads. If they're close enough, you want to keep them with you and maybe drag them up, right? Or pull them up. Or you're in a situation where you're going, I don't know, you know, it didn't work out and they've moved on and you've moved on as well. So the first, I guess, overarching topic, it's fair to say, is passive investing. Now, the problem is, right, that everyone has the same 24 hours a day, yet some people achieve drastically better results and drastically more in terms of productivity and output than others do. Now, generally, if you're putting out more time and it's optimized, the returns will also compound over the long term to give you better returns and resulting in a better outcome. But that doesn't just stick with investing and making more money and the bank account looks good and whatnot. I think having that positive mindset, that investing mindset allows you to then start having conversations over the internet, whether it's on the Facebook group or whether it's in, you know, Telegram through the Patreon membership. It's going, we're now having more thoughtful conversations. That conversation is now coming into our everyday life. So it could be with our brothers, our sisters, our partners, our parents and that starts creating this universe of energy that goes around and I know I'm getting a bit spiritual and whatnot, but I think having one part of that cycle work starts influencing the other aspects of your life and this is where I think it's very important and I and I talk about this from, you know, my own upbringing, from my own, you know, results and how I've gone about getting from a place of starting out new and listening to the traditionalist and, you know, listening to my parents and doing what everyone else does to now breaking out of that and now being a pioneer in the arena or area and actually going out there and saying, hey guys, 
it's okay to try and make mistakes. And I think with passive investing, it, it results in more than just a few extra dollars in your bank account. It's more than just financial freedom. I think when we say financial freedom, it's just, oh, well, I've got all the money in the world. I can do whatever I like. But there's something empowering about that. When you get empowered by that, you also take a level of accountability because you did that yourself. So now you're accountable for your own actions and the results. So I think a combination of those things really you know, come together and allow you to live a better life. Now, the rich people want money to work for them. You may have heard this before, but this might be the 10th time you hear it and it actually hits home. So rich people want money to work for them, okay? Whereas poor people, poor people, are working for money and there's a difference now the 24 hours a, a day that we have we can only do so much we're human but if you can now leverage you can leverage other people you can leverage your own money to then create more money you can leverage your time unfortunately we can't create more time the only thing we can do is if say you know you optimize the process and you said well if i put in one hour of work in my business, that will result in say 200 bucks. The 200 bucks is what I could spend on maybe getting someone to clean my place. Maybe I can use that to, you know, have someone cook food for us, whatever it is. And that starts bringing back time into your pocket. So suddenly you can see how, yes, everyone has the same 24 hours, but not everyone has the same situation. Not everyone has the same responsibilities. And as a result of that, some people will achieve drastically better results and more output because they aren't doing mundane tasks. And this is a shift that, you know, for me, it was very difficult as well initially to overcome where I kept thinking, well, no, I can do those things myself. Coming down to, I guess, working and you're working for someone, there's no problem with working for someone, right? And I think 99% people that effectively have gone out and created their own business are probably better to have worked for someone and been an employee. Like, that's just my opinion because I see how they operate. Now, working in those particular jobs and getting a salary, there are many benefits. Security, right? You're getting a salary every single week. You also get peace of mind knowing that if I wanted to go and, you know, purchase something, well, I'm going to get, you know, an income next month. But it also gives you ease of, you know, applying for a loan. It's so much easier when you're working for someone and you've got a salary coming in every week versus or every month versus going out there and starting up your own business. What we do with that time and we're, we're there working, but can we not leverage this to a whole nother level? I'm saying, yeah, work. I mean, I, I did the same thing, right? I worked nine to five and I tried to figure out what I wanted to do in life that was bigger than this, right? Bring value, be fulfilled and what of, whatever, like have a purpose, right? But let's just break it down to some real practical numbers and really understand what we're giving up to then want to pursue this life that we think, okay, well, I'm getting paid 100K, right? Or I'm getting paid 150K. Like, I'm not going to make that in my business. And I think we're thinking about it differently. I think we're thinking about it, you know, in the wrong way. So, let's say, for instance, you have a job and you get promotion of, say, $10,000 a year. Now, after tax in Australia, let's say you get taxed 35%. So, you then effectively in your pocket have an extra $6,500 from the initial $10,000 promotion that you got, right? So when you divide that by the amount of hours you work in a year, right? And we're basing it on a 40-hour work week. You're actually going up and increasing your pay by $3.12 per hour. 
let that sink in. That's a coffee, right? A coffee an hour is basically what you are going to get as an increase in your promotion, right? As, a, as the money that you're making. Now, for some, that may be the world of difference. For a lot of people, actually. However, generally, when we're going and getting a promotion, there's this unexpected sort of expectation of you having to put in more hours to do certain tasks. If that promotion was more than just a title change, you may now be required to have extra responsibilities. So now you're not only spending time there, you're also having to spend more time there and more, you know, I guess more mental real estate for performing those tasks. And for what? An extra $3.12. If we go and take this a step further and you actually get an increase, a substantial increase of say $30,000 a year, again, same numbers, 19500 a year after taxes is what you're going to get. That works out to be $9.30 an hour, okay? We can effectively do the same thing. And if we're employing the rich mindset process, what we want to be doing is instead of putting an extra hour or two hours into my job, right, which I've already said on multiple videos, on the podcast, on the YouTube channel, that increasing your income is your number one priority. During your 20s, you want to figure out things. But if you want to scale up and borrow to you know, leverage against real estate, you need to increase your income. But I think we're, we're not thinking about this in the most optimized way. Because if we can go and you know purchase a property, say, for $400,000, if we go up by a conservative 5% in the year, right? That is an increase of $20,000 of tax-free equity that goes up, okay? Now, I know the haters are going to love having a field day in the comments going, oh, well, that's easy, you know, because you've already, you know, you've got the money to buy a 400k property. I'm using the principle. So, this may not apply to you when you're 17, but if you get in the thought process of this, you may be able to achieve financial freedom a lot earlier because you're now going, how do I leverage every dollar I make from a job I don't like to then eventually get into a position where you can go, hey, I live, you know, a pretty good life and I go from 400k property and you say multiply that by three. So, over the next three years, you purchase one property every year. And if you're still growing at 5%, now obviously this number will compound, but very high level numbers, $20,000, which is 5% of $400,000, if you multiplied that by three, you're now making $60,000 of tax-free equity in your portfolio. And now you're getting to really start leveraging and working, right, smart. Your money is now working for itself. And so this is all on top of you working whatever you're doing, and eventually to the point where you can get financial freedom, right? Now, we're talking about real estate. You could do this with ETFs, shares, crypto, collectibles, whatever it is. But there's such a big part. You know, we hear it all the time, but we don't, I don't know how many people actually understand it. You know, we work for money, but the rich make the money work for money, right? Like they make it work for us and making money while you sleep. This is effectively what it is. So the solution is that if, you know, we can go out there and invest in an optimized way, we will eventually get to the point where we have our money working for us. Meanwhile, we continue working for money, but it's going to feel like you're in a system and you feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You're not in a rat race anymore. If you simply go out there and say, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to get rich by saving. Nobody ever just got rich off saving, right? You had to buy something. You had to invest in something. And if you did go down the path of going, I want to become a millionaire by just saving money, 
you're going, well, how much can I save a year? Times that by the growth in which, you know, is going to happen in my bank account. And then you, you know, account for inflation. You're probably just running around in that rat wheel, you know, and what, for 30, 40 years until you see, okay, I've got a million dollars in my bank account, but really you haven't lived the lifestyle that you've wanted to. So that's something that I think is very different between working for an hourly pay, which is not a bad thing, but it's taking advantage of that time that you're there. If I was in my 20s and I go, okay, well, I don't like working here, that's not for me to prompt and go, oh, I better continue working here so I can get another promotion and get a higher paying role so I can make more money and eventually leave. No, no, no. You can actually start from the job that you don't like and you may find yourself not having to go for a more stressful position and not having to go and you know interview for new positions only because you need an extra $9 an hour uh, because you think that's the only way. The next main pillar that I want to talk about is leveraging from others, okay? The problem is making mistakes can be very, very costly, some more than others. Now, let's take my example for instance, you know, if I wanted to start up a business uh, and I did, you know, I should make a video about this, so definitely let me know in the comments down below about my failed business ventures. There was a business that I I tried to start a brand. It was a clothing brand and uh, I'm going to say it was probably about six, maybe five years ago and I wanted to go out there and have this unique brand. I had an eye for quirky things, you know, in terms of um, the, the fashion that I was after and I knew there was a unique sort of market for it and... Eventually, long story short, is it didn't go as planned, and I ended up losing about two and a half to three thousand dollars. Now, at the time, that felt like a huge amount. Nobody wants to lose that much money. However, in the process of me making that mistake, I learned a bunch of things, right? Especially from a social media aspect, I learned how to do social media, and obviously, for now, like it's it's all plugged into play. It's all parts of you know a bigger puzzle that is allowing me to you know be active on social media and make youtube videos but it was that mistake that allowed me to learn those skills and eventually you know move forward but it is very expensive in other cases like let's say for instance real estate if you make a mistake we're not talking about two three thousand dollars we could be talking about a couple of hundred thousand dollars and it's backed by the fact that it could be debt which means now you're gonna have to not only take on the loss of you know being in debt, but you're also having to pay off the debt as well as the interest accounted for it. So I would say that it also takes time to recover and everyone goes through things differently. So we could go and learn from our own mistakes, but it would take a lifetime, you know, a really long time to realize every sort of mistake and go along the way and you could look back and say, okay, I'm glad I went through that. I learned from my mistake. But what I find is the rich mindset is actually employing a different tactic altogether. They're going, hey, why would I make the mistake and learn from my own mistakes? Let me go and leverage someone else and learn from their mistakes. I've got a couple of episodes on the YouTube channel about my mistakes when it comes to real estate investing, when it comes to you know a couple of failed businesses and things like that. You go definitely check that out. And the reason I put out videos like this and videos out there is so that you can start learning from what I'm doing. Now, I might be more relatable to you because we're Australian, you know, we're a similar age, Maybe that all makes sense. And I've had a similar journey and I've been transparent about it. But then there's other times where you can go, well, I've heard about Robert Kiyosaki and him doing X, Y, and Z. Or I've heard about Grant Cardone doing X, Y, and Z. I've heard about Gary Vee making X, Y, and Z mistakes. And we need to go out there and we need to learn from them. So the other process or the other element to this is optimizing the process that you take. Now, let's say, for instance, real estate. 
So many people want to go out there and find their own property to research, right? They'll go do that. They'll do their own research when it comes to which loan product is best for them. They'll also go and do their tax return at the end of the year. Now, those couple of things, right? If you have the time, go for it, right? (laughs) It's a mad solution. Go and do it. However, if you actually go and outsource for expertise, there's a couple of things here. Is you're able to scale a lot quicker, Okay, let me just repeat that. If you're able to outsource and leverage for expertise, you will scale a lot bigger. And when it comes to, say, a business, if if you're going out there and you're saying, I'm going to do marketing, I'm going to do accounting, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do everything. You're either going to spend your entire life doing it, right? A lot of the hours that you're awake, you're going to be doing that. Or you're not going to do a great job because you're not an expert in those things. And the time that it takes for you to learn those things, you're making your own mistakes, number one. And number two is it takes time to get there. So say something like real estate. I know personally a few friends of mine that have gone out there and doing research for property. It's now been a good six months before they've even gone out and purchased something, when in reality, they could have already purchased it if they had leveraged other people's experiences. Then there was another case where it was about a loan product. They ended up going and thinking they were really smart. They did all their research and they found a loan for themselves instead of going to a mortgage broker or you know, a lending specialist. Turns out they didn't read certain parts of the conditions and they now have account keeping fees or they don't have an offset account. And these are the things that just because we want to save an extra dollar here, save an extra dollar here, we don't go out there and actually engage in those services. Now, obviously, from a buyer's agency perspective, I can see that you know a market that's moving as quick as it is, if you're going up by 20%, right, on a 400k property, if you go up by 20% in a year, which is what we've already seen, you're going up by $80,000 in 12 months, right? In six months, that's $40,000. That's an abnormal year, but at the end of the day, that's where we're at. Now, is that going to slow down? Yeah, probably. So even if we used, say, a conservative 10% of growth, especially during these asset price inflation times, you're going up by $40,000 a year, okay? Or you can take advantage of that going and paying a buyer's agent, whether that's us, whether it's anyone else. At the end of the day, if you outsource for that, you're limiting the time and the analysis paralysis you'll get because you're emotionally attached to this. You're doing it for the first time. So that's the issue that you start creating there. When it goes to accounting, it's like, oh, well, okay, I can claim for this, this, this. But did you know if you claimed for this in this particular way, you'll, you'll get a better benefit? You didn't know that because you're not an expert in that. And that's where I think a lot of people are held back from scaling. They're held back from getting exceptional results because they're not outsourcing to get the expert advice from certain things. It's the same way that I go and, hey, yeah, could I go fix my car? Yeah, I could probably learn how to fix the oil. I could probably learn how to change a tire. Am I interested? Definitely not, right? But at the same time, the chances of me making a mistake because I've never done it before is a lot higher. Yeah, I'm probably going to learn from my mistakes, but again, how costly is that mistake? In real estate, it could be very costly because your first property purchase or your second property purchase means that if it was great, you can now leverage that equity to purchase more and more and more, right? Or if you make a mistake and it goes the other way, like I had a conversation with someone over a strategy session and they had basically purchased an apartment which lost in 12 months time, $220,000. It, I mean, like it's not a great story, but that $220,000 on paper is terrible. 
But the opportunity cost is that he could have bought something that was actually performing well and may have made $20,000. Now it's a flip around of 240000 And the only reason they're there is because they made an emotional choice because they didn't have all the information. By the time you have all the information, the market moving as quick as it does, what's the opportunity cost? Are you actually falling behind? When leveraging from others, it's not just about a service. I think it's about investing in yourself. And if you're really serious about investing in yourself, hey, there might be paywalls. There might be a paid service there and you may have to go, okay, I've got to buy this book. I've got to listen to this Audible and it's going to cost me 3 or $4. In the biggest scheme of things, that is like the time that you spend there leveraging and understanding from someone else's mistakes is going to save you a shitload more and it also means that you're learning from the expert or the expert in the space. And so I think when we get to the rich mindset, why are people that are you know quite successful, why are they reading constantly? Why are they listening to podcasts constantly? Why are they watching videos constantly? It's because it's a lot easier for them to learn from someone else and not make the mistake themselves because one, it saves them time from learning from others and two, it saves them a lot of money. So this is something that I, I know that I think about a lot and is why I've been very deliberate about how I bring out information, how I want to connect with you guys even more. So online course, Confusion to Clarity. Why is it created? It was created because I need people to save time. Go to the one place, step by step, I can go in a sequential order from, I don't even know what investing is in real estate in Australia to, oh, I actually know how loans work and how I can do my tax and how I can scale my actual portfolio. Then there's Patreon, right? And that's where I'm going, hey guys, this is still undervalued because when I start putting up prices, just like the strategy sessions were you know, free at some point and they kept increasing, it's because people saw the value in that. And that's what exactly what I'm saying here is replace one of those people that's in your environment that, hey, might not be so positive and might not be giving you so much value. Replace that with Patreon. We replace that with the Telegram group, replace that with videos like this so you can actually upgrade and optimize your process. And the final pillar is white noise. So the problem is we place way too much importance on other people's opinions of ourselves and it directly plays with our own insecurities, which in turn means we make bad choices. And so it's that you know simple saying of you buy dumb shit to impress people you don't like, right? And that puts you in a worse off position just because what, for five minutes on social media, someone can go, oh, hey, that person's probably living their best life. An important habit that I've learned personally is to be honest with yourself and block out that white noise. Now, we're always having to think about, oh, what's everyone thinking? What are they going to judge me for? Hey, let's take a step back and really understand context here. Let's understand where that person or that opinion is coming from. I get it sometimes on my comments on you know YouTube videos and they've been on the YouTube channel have not watched any other video, they come across, so they watch 30 seconds and they're like, oh, Ravi, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, okay, I can get upset about this or I could understand context. You've been here for 30 seconds, have no idea who I am and yet I'm going to place more importance on your comment of saying, oh, you did this, this, this or you say this and this, it's wrong. And that's where it's context because this keeps you in a game where you're actually going, hey, I'm actually really satisfied and fulfilled with what I'm doing and I can continue putting stuff out there that I'm happy and proud of and I'm honest to myself. When it comes to other people and what they're doing or the poor mindset rather is that you're doing direct actions as a result of someone's opinion and judgment without you contextually putting that into context, right? So you're not putting it into place of how can I judge this in the right way?
So let's say, take for instance, you know, you care about what other people think about your house because you want to own it versus renting it. You know, rent vesting is something I continue to do. And so if you're sitting here and going, oh, well, he seems like he's got all this wealth, but he's he's renting an apartment? Are you serious now? He should be living in Vaucluse. He should be living in, you know, Point Piper. Well, that doesn't bring me happiness. I don't want to do that. And at the end of the day, why would I go and buy a house right now that's going to cost me X, Y, and Z when I get to live my best life doing X, Y, and Z? And this comes in in direct correlation with how people want to spend their money is completely up to them. If their goals are different to yours, what does that mean to you? Like, why, why do you have to put your judgment on that person? I don't sit here and judge you to go, well, hey, you know what? You bought that nice car. That's the return on investment is zero. Oh, it sucks to be you. Uh, no, I don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, if that brings you happiness, well, kudos to you. That's awesome. But just know the reality is by doing that, we now are foregoing the financial freedom goal. We might be working an extra two to three hours a week just so that we can maintain lifestyle and have those choices to do what we want. And when we start putting things into perspective, the rich have got this down pat, right? And when I've read these books and I've gone, wow, like, you know, I mean, you got to have real grit, right? You've got to have real like a high level of uh, security for yourself. And you know, the, the lack of insecurity in the system is amazing, but I'm sure they've gone through their own, you know, um, issues and whatnot, but they're able to block out the white noise because at the end of the day, you have to live with yourself. You're the one having to live that particular life. So when it comes to these sort of things, instant gratification, why? Because I need to impress the 10 people that follow me on Instagram. Um, Here's a newsflash. They don't care. They have their own issues that they're insecure about. So stop thinking about what they want and stop thinking about what they see is successful, right? If I just rock up in a black t-shirt, most people think, oh, this guy's full of shit. Why would I listen to him? Okay, cool, man. If you prefer me to be in a real fancy car, driving around, nice suit, sunnies on, and that's what you define as success, well, then we may not have that connection. We may not be the right fit. And that's the same way I look at it with, you know, the people I have in my circle. If they are going to judge me for the fact that I don't wear branded clothes or the fact that they don't go to the most expensive hotels when they travel, what's that got to do with me? (laughs) Like they're living their best life. And if they want to make... $80,000 and they want to live in a particular part of Sydney or somewhere else, that's up to them. But if they're living their life, that's, you know, completely up to them. And I think with the rich, right, you've got some people who flaunt it, have heaps of money and they're allowed to flaunt it. Then there's others that are super rich, but they also just chill out. They buy certain things that they spend more money on than others and they're misunderstood sometimes. And that's where I think it's the definition between the rich and the poor when it comes to this mindset. Ultimately, forget how others are living their life and really figure out what makes you happy, what you're passionate about. And if that means, you know, they're going, well, you're quitting your job so you can do X, Y, and Z, nobody cares. Well, why waste your energy on trying to convince that person that no, 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 I'm actually really happy because of X, Y, and Z. Who cares, right? Um, So ultimately, it's your job of working yourself out, working out what's really important to you and what your goals are for true happiness. At the end of the day, I thank you so much for, uh, you know, listening all the way through, watching this all the way through. If you're new here, subscribe, whether it's to the podcast or the YouTube channel, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks, guys.